0: Again, uh, thanks for tuning in. New episode for y'all. I've been working like um, somebody owed me money out here in these streets, um, recording back to back. But I, you know, for the love of the podcast, and uh, today I definitely have an incredible guest that decided to make a big journey all the way from the east side of the city to come and bless my podcast for some time. And we're gonna get into some uh, real conversation. I'm excited, man. Probably one of my most anticipated. Um, guests that um that I've been looking forward to speak to the whole year. And uh, I'm 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 happy that you're able to make it. And actually one of my first guests that actually liked my intro music. <laughs> she like this shit is dope. <laughs> a story um a story behind my intro music uh back in my days when I used to rap um I went to this guy's studio and then he had made a beat for me on the spot. So when I started to look for intro music, I know you can't use nobody else's music because if your shit get popping, you get sued and then you might get episode taken down. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm sure this guy won't even ever remember me. So like he had, did like a 30 second beat for me, and then while I was going through my OB, I was like, oh, I could use that because it's original. I'm sure he he never used it or anything like that, so I used that and put my voice on there and, Sick. and that good stuff. But uh, without any further ado. How how would you like for me to introduce you, Um, author, uh, on her grizzle?
1: (laughs) Working very hard
0: and um, and uh, what else? What else? What other accolade can I? Because I've known you as being an author. That's about it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm a poet, spoken word. Okay. Um, Classical pianist. Oh. Easy. (laughs) You actually
0: one accolade. You got like. You got him lined up. I like that. So what
1: else? <laughs> um, I don't really know. Inspirational speaker, uh mother, peace giver, like I don't You do know a what lot I'm of public say. speaking? Uh, I used to do a lot more than I do now. Right okay. now I'm just getting back into the swing of it just so people know who I am mm-hmm. and I have a new uh like vibe to what I do, so yeah.
0: So uh introduce and and your name is?
1: My name is Cola. Cola? Last name too? No,
0: no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you want my
1: government? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Cola,
0: aka, uh, I don't know. I'm people, usually people like got AKAs. No, you don't. Nah, you that's Cola. That uh, and uh, Cola and I, we met on through Facebook. Yeah. And I want to give people a story. This, this is the part of the internet that I love. Right. Me too. These kind of things that organically happen uh, by way of the internet. And then today we're sitting down and we're having a full-fledged conversation about uh, an important piece of your life, which is a book that you wrote. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister, there was so was a, there was a group that I'm a part of. I thought, what is it called? Black? Uh,
1: Black Toronto. Black I Toronto, right?
0: Yeah. You put a post on it. Uh, you're looking for I did. Uh, voices.
1: Male uh, voices Mel for a podcast that I'm trying to start up.
0: For your book. Yes. So, now, my sister, shout out to my sister. Anytime she see anything with podcasts, she always tag me in it. <laughs> even today, like, she had tagged me to this post that it says, submit your podcast and blah, blah, blah. So, she tagged me in it, and then I reach out to you. Or we, or I can't even remember. We message each other. Yeah. And then right away, we got on the phone, I think the day of, the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke, and then you like, and you talked to me, I think we were on the phone for like 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but like you telling me about your book, and I was like, I wanna read this book. <laughs> You're like, yo, I got a PDF copy, I'm gonna send it to you right away. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, didn't think nothing of it. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, but even right then and then, it was good energy. So I started reading the book, and uh, like five minutes in, the, the book was, it was overwhelming almost. I was overwhelmed with emotions. <laughs> um Is it, was that the intent? Like when you wrote this book, was the intent was like as soon as you pick it up, I want you to feel something. Yes. That was the intent behind. Yes. It. Okay.
1: Yeah. You gotta feel it. It's um some books take time, they're slow to start, mm-hmm. then they get into the drama. Me, I'm like my whole life is drama, so let me just punch you with it right, <laughs> right off the bat. And then we can get into the rest of you it. You can get so, into the rest of yeah. it. Um
0: so I wanna read, right? <clears throat> for for those of y'all listening, uh hold on, let me get my notes here. I wanna read uh this part of I think this is probably one of the first things that I read and it like it caught my attention right away. Um, so I wanted to write it down just to make sure I don't butcher it because I didn't want to be
1: I'm
0: sitting in front of you. You wrote the book. You're like, what you mean? That's not what I said. Um, so it says, May 2003, I was in eighth grade and I was 14 at the time. A group of guys noticed me. A group of guys raped me. They took my virginity and left me with scars. I've lived this long to be able to share my story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now... Fourteen, your was that your first encounter? Uh, your sexual encounter?
1: Yes.
0: That was the first time. Yes. And the first time experiencing sex, you get raped by a group of guy, a group of men. Correct. Like how does how do you feel about that? Like even like me reading this excerpt from your book, like, did you feel anything at this point? Or even if you had to like put your plate put yourself in that place, um, how you were, how does that make you feel?
1: Yeah, like, sometimes when I look back on it, I'm just like, damn, shit, that happened, happened, right? Um, At the time, yeah, it was kind of messed up, but I was more focused on just surviving. I was more focused on, like, nobody finding out and just keeping it a secret than I was, like, that was my first experience, you know? Now that I'm older looking back, I'm like, that kind of sucks. Like, people talk about their first time and all these, like, I don't know, all these r and movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had the slow jam in the back. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, it was never like that. Not like, none of, none of my experiences were like that, really, truly. And so, um, being older now, I think now I'm just like, hey, I wonder what that would experience would be like. It would feel like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and do you recall, because you say a group of guys, do you actually recall how many in, in actuality, like was it
1: mm, no I don't I think I believe it was at least six but it could have been more I know it was yeah. at least six
0: but That's, yeah. so, I'm read, so I'm reading so I'm reading the book right yeah. and I just want to set it up because this book is very it's incredible so I'm reading it and then it, it, I think it it's start with you saying you're at the bottom of the stairs. Um, well it don't start But like this yeah. is where This thing's Starting to happen yeah. And then, like Literally people Were making their way down And like Taking turns mm-hmm. At you mm-hmm. um, And this happened In Toronto uh, What neighbor was that In Rexdale In what Rexdale was, right? Yeah um, Whatever happened To those guys Like do you Are they still around now in present time,
1: or? I actually, I have no clue. And um, I don't remember who they are. So if I saw them on the street, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know who they are? No. Nope. I could pass them. I could interact with them. And I would have no clue that this is who they were. My mind is completely, like, blanked out that section of it. So I don't. And it was interesting is I'm really good with faces. If I see a face, mm-hmm. I know a face. Yeah. But their faces completely wiped out. Um. Wow. hmm
0: that's crazy. And do you, are you able to, disc, so I'm even forgetting now, I haven't read the book, but like, was it all like that these guys, was it like, cause I know some of you talking about was like sexual, it mm-hmm. was oral, it was, was it actually like penetration happening? Like were people taking turns in this?
1: Yeah, there was anal um, penetration, There's oh, oral, and there was only one time that it was vaginal. There's just one guy. Okay. Um, but the rest of them were anal and oral.
0: <laughs> yeah that is crazy oh wow okay um yeah i'm trying I'm, I'm i'm just trying to like what the hell was- what What do you think was going through dermon like what, what
1: what would um i feel like the the first guy that i spoke to who we kind of fooled around like i don't even know the situation was kind of weird um i feel like I'm kind of saying yes to him or not really like, whatever that situation was the rest of them felt like they I had given permission to all of them to do whatever they wanted when right. um, that wasn't the case I didn't even know who they were or that they even existed you know mm-hmm. um, and especially not for no anal like I was 14 I didn't even know what that was at the time like what What was that you know I, I had no clue what that was yeah. um, but for them that's just that's the way that they wanted to do it
0: they just wanted to go right... Yeah. I'm almost... I don't even want to make a joke out of it, but like... that—that is That is a... That is a... I don't... That is, <laughs> how, 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 do you know how old these guys were? Do you have an, um, an idea?
1: An idea? Well, the first guy, he told me he was 18. By the end of it, he told me he was 24. So, roughly between 18 and 24 is the age group that they were. And you were 14. I was 14. I looked older, but... Yeah, I was 14.
0: Um how important is this story that you wrote about in your book Um, how important is it for the world to be aware of this Um, in your perspective like
1: Uh, you know know what it's it's very important I think the more that I talk about it the more that people get a copy of it is the more that i'm understanding how important it is for me i'm just like it's just my story i'm just telling it but mm-hmm. other people it's life shifting it's life changing it's like a wake up a reality that this stuff actually happens um i know there's a, there's a group of guys that i work with um i volunteer at one of the jails in toronto and so i built a program out of it and so we're discussing the topics and for them they're like this doesn't happen like this stuff doesn't happen this stuff doesn't happen in rexdale like i don't know what you're talking about. You know." And so for them to read it and then to see me here as a living proof of it happening yeah. is kind of like messing with their minds. So um, even for like, it's funny because I wrote the book and when I was trying to put it, or when I was putting it on Amazon, they asked me for the age group. And um, I'm like, whoa, this is definitely not a young adult's book. This is definitely an adult book. But all of this happened in my young adult years. Yeah. So it's even more important for those kids youth who don't want to talk to their parents or who don't know how to talk to their parents right. to be able to read something that they can relate with and figure out how to overcome it or how to deal with it so yeah it's very important
0: um and as you were talking i'm i'm just thinking because I also uh, i had a podcast earlier i think this was this was last year actually when i recently started about a group of young lady that started a program to help Uh, young rape victims. um, I think anywhere from the age of 13 to about early 20s. Mm. So they went out. And I commend them for that because these are a lot of things that really happen and then we kind of like don't pay attention to it. And and we, and even like some of our behavior as young, as younger guys were like, what we're doing was reckless. Like I could remember us uh, going to Mm Carabana And then uh, my friends used to do this thing where we used to, like, line up against the wall. So, like, one row in the front, one row in the in between the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So, any girl that walked through there, um, they would, like, smack her ass. Mm. Now, I've never, like, me personally, that's just never been my thing. So, I used to, <laughs> like, I used to look around like, okay, this is... It, it didn't feel right to me, so I never did it. And I right. think a lot of times, too, like, growing up, I used to get into it with guys because I, I didn't do things. Like, I wouldn't... I had a limit I was like huh it's a little too far so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna let that one go you guys could deal with it and I wasn't um, I won't partake in that but if you how how often and this might be just guesswork um, how if you had to like classify how many people like you do you think they are you know in in the vicinity perhaps that's even like in in the city like Toronto um I like do you, do you get a lot of people saying to you like yo like this exact thing happened to me or sim- some similarities in- yeah,
1: like- um, just the rape alone not, not necessarily gang, rape, but just rape alone um I think I have I know at least six women, so I know what's prevalent, I know what happens often, I know mm-hmm. it's like one in four, I think the stats are something like that, like wow. it happens a lot more than people actually want to acknowledge you know so it's yeah it's out there and like with the whole me too movement and all this stuff coming yeah. out now it's just coming to fruition what's been happening yeah. not a lot of people talk about it a lot of people like to swipe it under the rug but it's, it's a thing and like the thing is the shame is so big that we don't even know how to handle it or how to talk about it i remember um because i do poems i do poetry spoken word i have right. this one poem based on uh Surviving Sexual Assault And um, One of my mentors at the time said okay I mean it's good You wrote about it You spoke about it Great what else can you do We've heard that before Like try something new And I was just like Whoa that's so interesting That you feel like because you're tired of hearing about it. The other people don't need to hear about it. There's like so many new people. <laughs> like, okay,
0: we, right? okay, we're tired of you complaining. <laughs> like, it's almost like, sound like somebody's complaining. Yeah.
1: So, yeah and as crazy. I'm like, it's not even a complaint. I'm letting people know what yeah. actually happens. And there's a lot of people who need to hear it. And as I meet more new people, what I forget is it's always going to be new to somebody right. that's new to me. You know It's, it's, it's maybe all To the people around me Who are like Tired of hearing about it But there's always Somebody else Who needs to hear it Who hasn't heard it And who hasn't heard it In the way that I gotta say it So mm-hmm.
0: Do you think um, Like somebody feeling like This sounds like a complaint How do you feel about that Like if somebody comes to me Like okay we're tired Or whatever how, What do you think Their perspective is Looking at it Do you think that They just don't
1: um, I, well, first of all, that's their prerogative. Like, they got to deal with what, whatever yeah. they got to deal with. I feel like until you've been through it, you don't really have a say in how much times I bring it up. Because mm-hmm. you ain't never been through it, you never survived it. So if me continually talking about it is helping somebody else, then you can just stay in your corner with what you got to say. So
0: Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about, and I, I want to educate uh, for the men out there. Um, let's talk about consent a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you have what is a clear definition of consensual sex?
1: Um, well, I the, the line is whenever somebody says no, it doesn't matter what they do. The third time I was raped, I had um, it was an interesting thing for me because even I walked away from that saying, like, yo, was it wasn't my fault mm-hmm. because we had gotten into um, we were laying on this bed, we're chilling, um. <laughs> Uh, I told him I didn't want to do anything, but then he started to eat me out. And I was just like... And I let that happen. I Mm -hmm. allowed him to eat me out. But then when he tried to put his dick inside me, I was like, no, 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 no. no. We're not going to go that far. And so... um, And then when he tried again to eat me out, I let it happen again. And then so the time after that there was no saying no like even even though I said no he didn't hear me and for him it was like well you let me do one thing why won't you let me do everything right and from my perspective I'm like I understand I let you do that thing but just because I let you do that doesn't mean I'm willing to go all the way and so Understanding that the line is like no matter what happens no matter what started the minute somebody says no the minute it says I'm not feeling this the minute it says you'll hold up that's the line but not a lot of like from my experience not a lot of men understand that line
0: yeah I mean I was, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and I was like uh, a man with a hard dick is a hard man to stop yes uh, unfortunately it's just that's what it was but I remember and I was and I was breaking it down to so I was like I remember this girl that I used to date a uh, long time ago we're not gonna put a timeline to it <coughs> long long time ago but like at the time like um we we were dating or whatever she had came over and we started having sex and in between of that like I could just tell like she was uh, experiencing a lot of pain a lot of discomfort like i I could visualize somebody face who's having Fun who's mm-hmm. enjoying it, and somebody just like, Yo, I'm look like I'm about to die. Yeah. So, out of concern for her, I stopped. She told right. me, No, keep going, this happens all the time. I said, Nah, I'm good. Uh, so we stopped, we, it, we didn't go through with it. So, she went around the neighborhood, and then down the line, she had met one of my friends. And then she was telling him, I guess, when she found out where he lives, she was like, Oh, yeah, I know this guy that lives there. And she was describing him to me, and he didn't even know it was me per se, but then she started saying, Oh, yeah, like. We had sex. He's a sucker. You know what I mean. He didn't go through with it. Like, and she was like, and I was just like, <laughs> how can you? How can you be mad at somebody that was kind of looking out for you in, in that sense? So I think even in that, like in that regards, like if you hear that, you go, okay, you know what? Next time, somebody tells me no, I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna continue to right. go, kind of thing. So I guess no, like at any point should a woman say no? You gotta stop.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how do you feel about like? Drinking and 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 before having sex, does that also cloud your judgment? Do you think does that? um I
1: feel like
0: does that affect it?
1: I feel like it affects your ability to assess the situation correctly. If you're completely smashed, um, we always say like alcohol doesn't matter. Like even if you have alcohol, raping somebody is not okay, yeah. um, which is true. But on the other side of that, it does cloud your judgment. That's why they say don't drink and drive because you don't think through things properly. Yeah. Right. So somebody saying no somebody like you may not hear it or you may not like take it for okay yeah, yeah they really mean no 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 so I mean alcohol is always a dangerous thing when you put it in the <laughs> oh, mix yeah. of whatever you're trying to do is,
0: is there a level of alcohol that is acceptable do you think no
1: I mean like a couple <laughs> drinks <laughs> don't ruin the fun <laughs> oh
0: man that's funny um, now another thing I, I want you to break down the title of the book Okay. Uh, it's Cola. hmm. Casualty of Love's Apology. Did yeah.
1: I? Yes. I'm, casualty of I'm, I'm Love's I'm being apologies. careful. I'm
0: saying this thing I'm like, Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Um Break down the title for me.
1: So, wait, let uh, me ask you what do you feel like it means, Casualty of Love's Apologies?
0: Um, it, it, to me, I mean, now I've read maybe one third of the book. It's looking. It's almost like somebody that, um, that feels bad for what they went through and they don't, but they don't understand, um, like, why, like, it's almost like, why me? Like, why is this, all this negativity happening to me as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, casualties, I, I, I mean, take it like you went through some things and now you, you are victim or you know that kind of stuff i mean i might you <laughs> this but this is
1: very, no no it's um, cool i'm always curious to see what, um how people interpret the title yeah. so casualty of love's apologies what does that mean um in life we're expected to love we seek love we give love um love is such a powerful thing but at the same time those same people who say they love us are the same people who hurt us and so i feel like i've been stabbed one too many times by this thing called love. like Forget the people behind it. Love is supposed to love me. Mm -hmm. Love is supposed to be this warm feeling that I embrace and that I enjoy. Instead, love has caused me to bleed in so many different ways. And so... I'm tired of people always saying, I love you, and then turning around and having to apologize for the shit that they did to me. Every single time I was raped, um, the guys always kissed me at the end. Always gave me a kiss on on the cheek. And I'm like... How messed up every is that time. every single time. Even if, not the not the first time that when it happened, no? The first time, no, uh, one of them kissed me, yes, and he asked me for my number. And so it was this exchange of this is what just happened, but I still want to get to know you. He's like, I still wanna take you one day to still wanna be your man, all this other stuff, you know? And it's like what does that look like? If love is supposed to love me, how does love love me and hurt me at the exact same time? Right. Why am I always a casualty of this thing called love that is supposed to protect me? So, yeah, that's what that title means.
0: Do you think that, how how much has this affected you um, moving forward or you right now where you are in today's? How much is that, does that affect if you choose to be in a relationship now or like even like, Like, how much has that affected your perception of love going
1: forward? Um, Well, for the longest time, it it affected it really gravely. (laughs) Um, I was just like, fuck love. I'm done. I'm not trying to do love. I'm going to just do sex. And then when sex got boring, then I'm just like, I'm going to just do nothing at all. You know? Um, For the last, what year are we in? 2018? For the last five years, I've been celibate. Um, Jeez. Right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A little nervous. Okay, that's what's up. Okay.
1: And um, I haven't, it's weird. I have no desire necessarily to be in a relationship right now. I think my goal right now is just to heal myself. So it's affecting me to the point where I'm like, I'm taking time away to work on me and what that looks like and how I can um, give myself the love that I need and how I can best support the person that I'll eventually be with. So yeah,
0: I just got to take time with it. And it's been... Now, have you, you haven't dated in five years, or you just been celibate for five years?
1: I haven't dated in five years either. Really? How, how yeah. long,
0: how, how long, is there a time limit to that? Like, is there, do you think that you need five more years? Do you think that this could change tomorrow? Um,
1: um, how do you assess it? I think, no way. I'm in the process of changing it. In May, yeah, in May, I think I read something, or I was listening to something and kind of hit me at a kind of opened my eyes to the fact that I was very closed off to love and what that looks like. And so I decided to take steps into, okay, well, if I'm going to be in a relationship, how do I do that? How do I do that effectively? How do I do that? Um, And give the other person all of me and not hold back because of everything that's happened. So now I'm on a journey to figure out who I am as a person, what I have to offer so that I can best give myself to somebody else. Okay. So I'm open to it now. I just, it's taking me some time.
0: So. And you out here selling these books and hustling. <laughs> you yeah, I mean, love my getting away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's an interesting um, thing to to look at. Because, I mean, even I think um, as a guy, like sometimes you, you, you might be in a situation and you might be um, so hurt from it. And I've been aware of that recently for me is that like, once something goes completely wrong, and then I really wanted it to happen, mm-hmm. I kind of go like, "Okay, we are going back to savage mode." But then that's also it's not it doesn't satisfy me because it's only like moments and moments. Like yeah. in the moment I'll be wanted chick, and then whatever happens, and then she'll go home, and I I won't I don't even feel the desire to call her back. Right. And then, you know, did I get angry text messages like, yo, you ghosting me? Oh, man, of dogs. But then I realized it's because I wasn't dealing with what was affecting me the right way. Yeah. And then um, uh, taking accountability and ownership to that, I think it's, um, it's good. I, anyways, for me, I'm nothing to do with you. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to vent.
1: <laughs>
0: i was just trying to vent too. But um, I also want to know from your perspective, of course, why do you think that a lot of people that go through similar situations as far as again rape, sexual abuse, why do they often blame the self a lot of times? Do
1: um, because it's always like, especially depending on how it happened, mm-hmm. it's always like, Okay, well, like for example, the third time I was raped, I was like, Okay, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have gone to his house, you know? And my friend had warned me right before that. My friend said to me, What if he rapes you? And my response was, Third time's a charm. Like Oh, you know shit. what I'm trying to say? So then to go there and for then that to happen, for me, I was just like, well, A, I called this on myself. B, um, I shouldn't have been at his house. And I had made a rule earlier on that I don't travel for dick. So I'm like, I'm not going to no man's house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, that's a bar Okay, I'm with, I'm with you
1: <laughs> it was this thing that I'm like okay if I'm gonna get my pussy up they need to come to me right. that's just what it is because at least I can control my environment um, traveling for it for me meant that I was asking for it meant that if anything happened I couldn't control it if anything happened I, I just had to deal with the consequences because I decided to go to his house so a lot of people um, blame themselves because they're like what could I have done better to uh, prevent this from happening.
0: Yeah, um, and you felt like I guess being home court advantage, obviously being your own space, would shield you from that.
1: It should have, but it didn't. Because you, when you get further along in the book, there's a fourth time that I was, I, raped, I, I I was really, raped. I'm really,
0: I'm, gonna, I'm going to get a copy and actually read <laughs> through it because right now all I have is a PDF copy um, on my on my computer. Uh, how, how many times in total have you as the raping thing occurred?
1: I've been raped four times and molested once.
0: Okay, um, and the first time was like a group. Of, that's that's that is incredible. How, what what do you think is? What do you draw your strength from? Because I feel like a lot of people, uh, it, it'll like forget a hurdle. This is like a whole mountain. Whole damn mountain. I know you gotta. What do you draw your strength from?
1: Um, Literally, my strength comes from God. Like, I can't say it no other way. Um, not just because I, maybe because I grew up in church, so those morals have always been instilled in me. But um, whenever I went through something, whenever, there's always just this peace that came over me. Whenever I've contemplated suicide, um, <laughs> my phone would always ring. Like, I'd have a thought and then my phone would ring and then it'd be one of my friends calling me like, yo, how you doing? And I'll just wipe my tears and play. I'm like, yo, I'm good. Play it off. Like, nothing even happened. Oh, God, yeah. And so, um, <laughs> it got to the point where I was like, okay, God, I'm done. I'm tired of having a thought of suicide and you sending somebody to, like, try to save me. Like, there's no point in me trying to yeah, even yeah. Uh, think about it anymore. Right. Because you just gonna come rescue me and then I'm gonna have to keep going through life. So, um, when my son was born, he really became my my strength and my source of like I can't do this anymore. Like I have to live differently. So yeah, my strength comes from God and my strength comes from my son. I put my everything into being the best mother I could be for him.
0: And also your son and you 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 had a son mm-hmm. um, and he passed away. Yes. Uh, which I, we're going to get into as well. Before we do that, I also want to ask you. Now you're saying that your faith was important, God was important, mm-hmm. but what everything that you felt was so negative that was affecting you, has that te- tested your faith in the sense like, man, God, stop playing with me, like this is, this is too much. Like, have you been through periods when you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna try something else because clearly uh, this God thing, he not he not looking out for me. Have you felt like that?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever questioned God in that sense, but. I've uh like I've been in and out of church. That part has always been because God is just we we've just been trying to work it out. Right. But it got to a point where I was just like eventually whatever happens to me, I know it's gonna benefit somebody else. Like, this is when I'm in my 20s. When I'm going through it from 14 to 16, I couldn't understand why it was happening. I just didn't understand how much more can I take? Those are the questions that I would ask. Like, how much more of this do you want me to take? Like how much. More weight? Do you think I can manage? Um, and then my son was born, and then it wasn't even how much can I manage. It was like put my all into him. Yeah. Um, and then when my son was born again, that was a whole other level of fate that I had to deal with. So I don't think there was ever time <laughs>
0: to get mad, really. Then you just like, okay, this happened. I just, I mean, that's 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 incredible. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's just been like a, one event to the, next, to the next to the next to the next to the next. Even my friends looking at me like, damn, was it gonna slow down? I'm like, I don't know. This is just life right now and I just got to get through it. So when you live day to day, you don't get a chance to just be mad. You don't got a chance to question anything else. You just focus on surviving.
0: Yeah. Like you focus on I mean that that's a that's a that's a great way to look at it. Um and I think
1: shut have...
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just like my mind is blowing up like that. It's, I'm like, "Yo, what the this is crazy." And um we would when I went to Vegas last week, um, and I was talking to my everybody there is white, right? And I was talking to one of my me and my coworker was having a conversation, and then he was asking me well, why you never stress at work, because everybody at work they they run around like life is about to end, <laughs> and I'm always like it's cool, we'll get it done. Yeah, we need you to work on sixty stores. It's cool, we'll get it done. And then they're like, why you so? I was like, but. And what I was telling them is, if you understood, like, me standing here in front of you today didn't start today, mm-hmm. right? It started with my parents uh, leaving Niger to to migrate to the U.S., then coming to Canada. Uh, it started with my dad having three jobs as the norm. Like, that was the thing. I thought like I was going to grow up and get three jobs. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It started with... Um, like, you know, me, let's say even when I first moved to Canada, me being in Montreal and and my uncle kicking inside his house and me sleeping with no... Like, it started... The story came back from so far behind that, like, mm-hmm. everything that I'm living right now, it's a bonus. Like, it's almost like when you're mm-hmm. playing video games, you're in a bonus zone. you just jumping and grabbing coins. I don't know if you play something, whatever <laughs> it is. So, I'm like, so you think that I'm stressed out because somebody is not about to get three drawings? Like... Come on, man. I've been fired before. Like, mm-hmm. this is nothing to me. So, even the way you're putting it, like, when I'm trying to think, it's like, damn, like, people stress about, I don't know, like, you know, a tire blown, like, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, nah, this is, I'm still going to wake up tomorrow and go do it. That That is incredible to me when I'm looking at your story.
1: I had a friend who was like, upset that her boyfriend broke up with her. And I'm just like, girl, if you knew what life really was with Mm -hmm. all this other stuff going on, like, yes, it hurts, but you would just be grateful for life. You'd be grateful for the fact that you get to move on and do so many other things. So I just look at every day like a blessing right now.
0: Yeah. And I always tell people, as long as you're alive, you can change the outcome of it. Yeah. like As long as you're alive, you have a chance at changing your circumstances. Exactly. Um, and also we are talking about boyfriend question popped in my mind. Um, (laughs) The I don't know, not that it matters, but one of the occurrences of you being raped uh, was your auntie's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and
1: then he molested me.
0: Oh, he molested you. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't get, rape me.
1: He molested me. And you,
0: I think you you've brought it up uh, to your to your family uh, much later, and then mm-hmm. he's they, like, "No, you're you're whole anyways. Yeah, this is what you do. Yeah. Um, how did that make you looking back at it like? Do you st- still talk to your auntie now?
1: Um, I still see them, yeah. Did you give them the book? Nope. They don't have a book. Did, uh, they, did they know
0: you You wrote the story about... Um...
1: I guess. I don't know. They know I have a story, though, because um, a year ago, I did a video saying that my aunt's boyfriend had um, molested me, and I put it up on my Instagram, and they had seen it. And so we were in like a family group chat. And so the uh, stepkids, which my cousins, of the the man. So they got kids? No, they they were his stepkids. So my aunt's kids. So my cousins, um, they started attacking me in the group, saying it was a lie. It was proven a lie so many years ago. Like, how am I bringing it up? All this stuff. And um, so my other cousins chimed in and They're like, well, if it really happened, she should be able to tell us what happened. Right, And all I said was, you can read about it when my book comes out. And I deleted the group and I exited. So, I know they know there's a book. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: a, a little fire. <laughs> Um,
1: Do they have a copy? I know when I did, I did a free, um, 100 free downloads of the book. I know one of my cousins got it. And I know um, one of my aunts got it. But they haven't said nothing to me about it. I just know because I know whoever buys my book. Um, and nobody else has said anything. So,
0: it is, what it is it is what it is yeah incredible that's that I mean yeah, I can't I can't imagine um I mean we everybody got like so many own issues with their own family it's mm-hmm. like when these things come out a lot of time people don't want to face the truth yeah. like they just don't want to unravel the truth because this uh, perception that they have or this perfect picture of this thing they don't want to disturb it like oh my god it's been so many years but yeah I mean if it happened it happened because Traumatic events you don't forget about. Exactly. You don't forget about. Uh, it's a lot. I mean, even for me, like it's a lot of things I forget now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll forget to pay my phone bill. <laughs> and then Kudo, Kudo would send me a text message. uh, you have a balance. <laughs> and my phone bill is only like forty bucks a month. So like, usually what I'll do is I'll pay like four months in advance because nice. I know I'll forget and right. then like. Four months later, I completely forgot and then it's like, oh, you you have a balance due, forty two dollars, fifty dollars. I was like, why y'all stressing me about? <laughs> um so I, I know like those you think, but like traumatic, like I'm trying to think. Like, like I'm saying, like when I'm when I think about moving in Canada, like my uncle kicking me out, or like like that I'll never forget. Right. And then um and I know like now people ask me, Oh, but it's your uncle, you should be I'm like, but you don't know what this guy did to me. Like, yeah, people it's, always like, are like I his was, family. Yeah, I was sixteen, like the kind of The way I felt, like, I I don't even think I could deal with that. But anyways, um, now I want to ask you, so reading your book, I realized that you are a black planet (laughs) resident,
1: savage,
0: (laughs) savagery.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anybody don't know black planet, you, you, you too young. Yeah. Um, How was black planet? How did you, how did you? Like it was it.
1: great. You know what? It's the first time I really understood that I knew how to like build a page, or web page with all the little chips and like mm-hmm. the wordings and things like it was cool. I enjoyed it. Did you do it.
0: MySpace too or no? No,
1: just Black Planet.
0: I did Myspace because I think I was in the US that time, so I wasn't on Black Planet. Oh. Okay. No, I I don't even think if we had one over there. But I know when I came to when I moved to Toronto, like I've heard about it. Like it apparently it was the thing up.
1: It it, was. Um, it you met, was. you
0: met your first boyfriend off Black Planet.
1: I did.
0: Um Talk to me, how how was that? What, what was the initial spark to that to that relationship? Um You're
1: talking about the very first one?
0: Um The one
1: right after the rapes, right? You
0: tell me. (laughs) How many (laughs) boyfriends?
1: I got a few boyfriends (laughs) off of it.
0: Um, Was it, was it the, one of them, you met off Black Planet and he ended up raping you. Was it off the Black Planet one?
1: No. No? No, I don't believe so. Potentially, I don't know. I know, I mean,
0: the book is, it's, it's, um. It's a wealth of information, <laughs> right? Uh, but talk to me about the. Do you remember the first person that you met off black planet? Yeah,
1: my very first boyfriend. Okay. Um, he was he? I mean, great. I, as
0: you saying that, like I can see <laughs> you. You're smiling. Your energy you just just went <laughs> up. He's 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 unforgettable. I, I take it as
1: well. I guess in a sense, so yeah, because he was he was my there. first. Um, he. Uh, he went through similar situations, like he had similar home situations that I had. Okay. Um, well, not similar because he had a single. He came from a single parent home. I still have my two parents, um, but in terms of just not being able to connect and like he was always moving, and so we just related on just a different level, and so we're always on the phone talking, and like it was just very comforting having somebody who just understood, you know, and. When my aunt's boyfriend was molesting me, like he, he felt powerless. There's nothing he could do, but he would always encourage me to talk to somebody, tell somebody, you know. So having that support while I was going through that was really special to me.
0: And how old were you when your uncle was molesting you? How old were you then?
1: I was I believe fourteen, because it happened right after the rapes.
0: Okay, so it was it was right okay.
1: Yeah, so the rapes had happened in like May. Um and then, so with my whole family, the way it happened, them calling me names and everything, I was isolated. So I just sat on the porch every day. Um, and Anytime I went to their house, I had to sit on the porch because I didn't want to be inside with them calling me names. And okay. he was the only person who would talk to me, the only person. Um, my aunt's boyfriend would sit out on the porch of me and just like, anytime they would come, he would like, no, no, leave her alone and like push them away, you yeah. know? So he, he, he he was good for me you know like he he protected me in a sense and then it turned into like i'd be in the kitchen and he brushed past me and i'm like oh did he just touch my ass or something like like it just i didn't get it at first mm-hmm. and then it evolved into more like it evolved into him touching my breasts it evolved into these other things and so um do, it you, was, feel,
0: do you feel like that was a setup to like molesting you? you oh think yeah it, he definitely groomed that me. was that was the first definitely groomed because, me yeah, yeah.
1: And it was easy, too, because I didn't have, because I was so isolated from my family, because I couldn't talk to nobody, um, and every time I told, I asked my mom, yo, can I stay home, they're like, nope, you have to go. So because I was forced to go to their house every single time, he, every time he had an no opportunity, and so like, even if they went on the road and left me in the house, I'd be in the house with him and my, and my, grand, my great-grandma or whatever. So he had plenty of motives to be able to um, do what he, he wanted to do at the time.
0: That's crazy. Well, how, how's your relationship like with your parents now? Because I know even in the book, um, you it seems like you had a better relationship with your dad. Yes. Uh, and your mom was always like blaming you for, yeah. especially after you got pregnant and things yeah. like that. She always rub it in your face. Of course, shout yep. out to the moms. <laughs> 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 Anything you do, to, you know, you break a plate. This is why you should have went to school. Like everything. Exactly. Becomes that. <laughs> yeah. um, how's your relationship with them now?
1: Um, my relationship is okay. Uh, I live them. I live with them right now. Okay. Um, while I'm just getting back on my feet. Right. Uh, still a my daddy. I'm still cool my dad more than my mom. My mom. I think I've just come to a place of understanding who she is, and her doing the best that she could to raise me, and the knowledge that she had. And so I just accept that for what it is, and mm-hmm. I just we just move on from there. You know, there's nothing else. I can't expect any more of her um, and, and, and no less so we just work from it from that angle but I, I love her too so have
0: they, have they read the book
1: no they don't even have a copy
0: why, why don't you give them a copy
1: if people keep asking me. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they're interested. I told them about it, but they didn't seem like, oh, hey, I want to get a copy of the book. So if they don't seem like they want a copy, I'm not going to just give them a copy because I don't know if they're going to read it.
0: Do you think they're afraid of what they can find in the book? Like the yeah. amount of information? So they much rather... I think out of sight, of, out, of, out of mind kind of thing, right? Yeah,
1: I think they're afraid of what's in it. I think they're afraid that in it I'm bashing them. Um, I'm calling them the worst parents in the world. I think they're afraid of the perception that it, I've written about them. Because my mom especially, knowing that we didn't have the greatest of relationships, she's is just assuming that the book is just going to be tearing her to shreds. Um,
0: do they support the book? In, I
1: have no in clue. Their,
0: in their own ways, Do they...
1: I I mean, I guess so in her and my mom's own way because she'll she'll, like if people ask her what I'm doing, she's like, "Well, she wrote a book." So I'm like, "Okay, I I hear her talking about it." (laughs) But
0: did you read the book? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what's going on in the book? No, I was just joking. And it's
1: also there's 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 a lot of content in there that I'm just like, I don't even want them to read. Um, From my knowledge, they might know now because I posted on Facebook, but at the time they had only known that I was gang raped the one time. They didn't know that i have been raped three times or four did, times in total. Did, so. they even, did
0: they believe that first occurrence?
1: I'm not sure. I actually, like really, truly, I don't even know if they believe it. I think um, because of the situation and how it happened, I'm not really sure if they believe that it happened or what the case is. So we've never talked about it as a family. Our family just doesn't talk about things. And so it's one of those that y'all don't, y'all don't bring up.
0: Um, reading your book, Back to like, cause I know in there like I even lost track of how many guys you was meeting on Black Planet.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> do you do you have a number? How many sexual partners you've had? Do you do you know?
1: Have I had a total? Yeah. Oh, are, are we going there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just like did She.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I did. I did tell you to ask me anything. Um, I don't know. Uh. You
0: don't. You don't have a number. Which is fine be... I'm just, I'm just trying to.
1: No, I'm, i I'm, cause I've, I've. Mm. <laughs>
0: actually, I should not have put out there.
1: Okay, <laughs> no, I'll, you, I'll you be honest. Yeah. It's okay. Um, <laughs> roughly like forty to fifty. Okay. Yeah. That I can remember. I believe. Um,
0: okay. I, I, I actually don't remember. Maybe I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which is crazy enough is when I, when I, when I'm even thinking about it, like, how do you get in a position where you don't even remember? Like, um, uh, because even me like being sexual active, like first time I did it was 14. And then the second time I was 16. And then the third time I was like 19. And then I think in between like 20 and 20 see i don't want you to put them but (laughs) 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 in between sometimes shit just went from like this to like it it was crazy to me so now that i remember and i think one day i'm gonna sit down and like actually figure it because it bothers me that i don't know because i almost felt bad about it like yo how many shit you've been doing that you don't know but the reality of it like it can happen
1: yeah and like I said, I was just going through shit. I was just surviving. Yeah. So the numbers you just said of when you had sex, the numbers I was raped at fourteen, uh, 16, 18, and twenty-one. And in between that, I was trying to figure out myself. Yeah. And so I had different partners in between that time. Always searching for love. I was searching for something, and then eventually I understood the men don't want love; they just want sex. And so I said, "Fuck it, let's just do that then." And, and that Put was the my sex thing. Yeah. when I, when Something that they always, a few guys hated is when um, they talk to me, I'd be like, okay, so are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking for friendship? Or are you looking for somebody to fuck? Which one is it? And they're like, yo, why are you so harsh? I'm like, well, it's going to get there eventually, so just tell me what it is so I know how to adjust my feelings and my ways for you, and then we can just get that out the way, right? Mm-hmm. I was just more upfront about it.
0: Yeah, men, we're not. We're, we're finessers.
1: Yeah, you like to yeah. fight. I don't like
0: that shit. <laughs> we like, I mean, because it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's like, for me, it's like me coming and telling the girl, yo, I just want to smash. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. But then I realized some woman, regardless or how much I want to shield them from the truth, the end result is inevitable. Meaning like, yeah. most likely we probably just going to smash and go. and Right. But I, I'm still not there where, I mean, I'm.
1: And so for me it's like if you tell me from the beginning you want to smash and then I kept I catch feelings, then that's on me because you told me what your intentions were. Yeah. But if you don't tell me your intentions, we end up smashing and then you just dip and then I feel like you play me. You
0: play yeah. So. I think I think we have a fear that when we tell you we just want to smash, that you might just say like, nah, fuck it, I'm not about that
1: life. Yeah, because there are some women like that. <laughs> yeah, there really are. So we
0: so men rather finesse the situation and then which is it caused more damage than good, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully we reach a level of maturity where we're able to like be a lot more direct. I think I'm, I'm almost there (laughs) (laughs) I have my moments. Um, also when I wanted to, you also, you had a boyfriend who shot himself or no, or or did I misread that? No,
1: you read that correctly. I was like, what the, what? (laughs) First of all, how did
0: this guy even have a gun? I don't know. Was he? Was he like? I, I was trying to read. Like, was
1: this? Was this guy a street dude or how would he? Um, according to what he told me, he was a street dude. But okay, this okay. is all like because this this man you're talking about, I had never met him in person, and so all of this shit was happening over the phone, right?
0: Right. Your whole relationship was yeah. Strictly the whole relationship
1: phone. was strictly phone. Phone sex and so, all that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah. <laughs> so. <coughs> Like, Damn it, man. This
0: is <laughs> Okay, sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> when he shot himself or so he told me he told me he was gonna do it. And then I got a text from his um brother saying that he did it and this whole thing. Um so he said he was gonna do it, and his brother texted me he was gonna do it, and then I had to deal with the um the effects of what that meant, thinking that he shot himself over me trying to leave him for something that he did. Like it was very manipulative, like very toxic relationship.
0: Is he he's still alive, right? Like he didn't
1: He's still alive. I met him this year.
0: First time ever. Yeah. How did that
1: feel? Interesting.
0: Like he looked at you like, I shot myself because of you. Uh um, Or no, it was no none of that blaming.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't none of that blaming. Um <laughs> There's a lot that I can't say surrounding him because you got to get to the end of the book because <laughs> I was just ruining the surprise for everybody okay right. we're, we're, <laughs>
0: I'm, I, the whole time I'm thinking like I thought he was bluffing as I'm reading the book
1: I was like he ain't gonna shoot himself What's well that? I mean hey that, that's just this is according to what I know to be true you know yeah. so hearing it from him and hearing it from his brother and then like years later asking him yo did you really do it and he's like yeah I did so I'm like i did sh- bro- he show you the scar no
0: we know you really did it. No, I'm joking. We don't. That's,
1: no, that's the thing. We don't
0: know. I'd have been like, "Hey, man, show me the scar."
1: Okay? <laughs> I, I have no clue. But I met him um, the night of the night of my birthday. Yeah, like March second, two thousand and eighteen is when I met
0: him. Wow.
1: Yeah. Did you he showed up it? to an event that I was at?
0: Did you feel any emotion? So he's been following your 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 path this whole time. Like he's been aware of you writing books and things like that. Or- yeah. He but he never to, but he never told you
1: no um he wanted me to write it actually uh because it not centers around but there's a lot of stuff around yeah. stuff that he's done um so yeah we, we got to a point where the truth came out about all this stuff yeah. and um and then I got to meet him afterwards, and it was interesting that's all I can say I can't say more <laughs> I wish I I'm could look, it's I'm just look, you
0: guys can't see your face I'm looking at a space <laughs> like, it, it's it's a it's very telling but I'm but I I don't know you know I, I mean I will get to the end of the book The yeah. book book is about 650 pages mm-hmm. um I'm one third in um uh, and I've been religiously <laughs> reading it um so hopefully I get to the end no let's get into amidst this whole thing you had um you had a child I did um, and I, I remember you saying like, you thought you were pregnant by, um, an African. No. The oh, thought of being oh. pregnant by African guy was like, and I read it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> She's attacking my people. right <laughs> Okay. I want you to break that down. And obviously I don't take that too, because you, you are, uh, your background is Jamaican. Yes. Um, and, and there is this thing uh between African and Jamaicans.
1: People don't believe it. I'm uh, like Jamaican it's true. thinks they
0: better than Africans, African thinks they better than Jamaicans.
1: Yeah. So um, growing up I was always told don't date an African. My very first boyfriend was African.
0: Right. And 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 and, I, and it goes because our parents um their hardware, their hard drive is outdated. That's how I feel, right? Yeah. Cuz one of some of my good friends in this, in Toronto they're Jamaicans. Like, these are my guys. So, right. Obviously, the, the dynamic changes when I have kids. I don't go, yo, don't be friends with Jamaicans because right. my relationship with them has been different. So, I don't, I mean, I understand the disconnect like between Africans that they, you know, they migrate. They feel like, yo, oh, we're this and that and Jamaicans are always mm. in the club. Boop, bullet, bullet, shoot me. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? The other day, I was I was, uh, I was, hosting a show and I go, any Jamaicans in the house? And then I hear, oh, I said, damn, y'all look quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Where y'all guns at? But... <laughs> but, but anyways. Uh, back to what I was trying to say. Uh, w- what was that like? Um, knowing that you're, and also you were pregnant for eight months, and you didn't before you got the confirmation, right?
1: Yeah. So it's two different, two different stories. So the first time I thought I could get pregnant, um, the condom had broke. Um, when me and my boyfriend were having sex at my house, and um. Story is crazy because I was on the phone with another dude oh, yeah, while yeah, I was yeah. having I sex with That's the it. African dude. <laughs>
0: <Hello. laughs> I was like, "Really?" And, and, and I think you 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 loved that like that.
1: It was that, a game for me, yeah.
0: You're like I'm on the phone talking, and he's in the back doing what he's doing. And
1: the guy on the phone had no clue what was happening, and I was laughing and having fun until the condom broke. And Then I got off the phone and I cried. And then um, my boyfriend at the time, normally we were super careful and because he would come over after my parents went to work, and right. he put the condom in the garbage, in the empty kitchen garbage. And
0: then your your, your dad had found it, I think, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: he came home in the morning and went to put something in the garbage and saw it because it was the only thing in there. Um, so that that was messed up within itself because I'm like, A, I didn't want to get pregnant. be um pregnant by him too because like, because of my parents wanting me not to date Africans then to get pregnant by an African too I was just like oh shit like it's just a lot of complexities there um but no when I actually did get pregnant I got pregnant by a Jamaican guy um and I didn't know for eight months that I was pregnant or for at least six months I didn't know um and then I was in denial for the last two
0: yeah, and and I felt like the reason why you didn't know is because you were in denial the whole time. Like you, nah, I'm not, I'm not buying into this idea. You are doing a lot of stuff. Well, you're working now. You're doing all these things.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. When um when we had sex, uh, me and my son's father, um, <laughs> it was literally like two jokes I say that all the time. People laugh. People get upset. But two? I'm like it, that's two, it? two, like one, two. Like that's all it was.
0: You got some fire down there. Huh? <laughs>
1: maybe so but (laughs) i'm like damn (laughs) right and that's so that's why he was mad because that's why he didn't think and i didn't think i could get pregnant off of that i was like you you see like or you expect when you watch tv that this whole sexual experience happens and it's like you know baby making music and it's beautiful like for me him doing one, two, and then I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I don't want to do this. Take it out. Like, I'm not thinking I can get pregnant after that. You know, like, wow. I mean, pot, potentially, obviously, I did because I gave him oral beforehand. A lot of things happened, but um, because I didn't even think I'd get pregnant at the end of the month when I'm like, oh, my period is late, and he had asked me, he's like, well, has has it been late before? I was like, yeah, it's been late before. He's like, okay, then don't worry about it. So I just literally, outside out of mind, didn't think about it, and then I started um, grade eleven where I was working out every day and so any um any type of symptoms that I would have had, like sleeping a lot, exhaustion, eating, that was all for working out. So I was lifting weights every day mm-hmm. for at least an hour, hour and a half, yep. lifting weights, competing against the guys in my class, seeing right. how much so I was losing weight in every place except for my stomach. Um, but I didn't really notice it until uh, until I was about six months pregnant. That I'm just like, yo, the top of my stomach feels hard. Why does it feel like this? And that I was like, shit. When was the last time I had my period? And then it clicked in that I'm like, I think I might be pregnant. Damn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm still stuck on a two pumps part. That. That in that? Uh, and, and now, and, and I also understand like reading the book that like probably the most important part of this book is your son. Yes. Um, who has been. Um, Shortly after he was born, he was diagnosed with. Uh, I don't even want to butcher the name.
1: c'est en français Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Oh, okay. Yeah, DMD.
0: Um, and which is which is what? What kind of disease is that?
1: Um, so it is uh, it attacks his muscles. So eventually, his muscles waste away. Uh, his body doesn't create enough protein. So that's what the whole. Um, the muscular dystrophy is what it actually is, mm-hmm. but the Duchens—that's one type. So there's like twelve different types, and he had um, one of the worst types of muscul- muscular dystrophy.
0: And then how how soon after he was born did you start to um, to see it? Because he was how old was he when he passed? Uh, he was eight. Eight. So it took. Okay. So at what point did you realize like this is this was getting worse? Because I also reading the book. I know that you didn't want to like. Um, you didn't want to take any medicine at first because you wanted him to have a, a normal, be mm-hmm. no normal kid get to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, how long was he able to like enjoy that part of it before he had to like be in a wheelchair and stuff?
1: Um, six years, I would say, six to seven years. So it's still. Yeah, so he was diagnosed at um, a year, a year old, but. We had caught it early, so typically with this disease, they don't find out till they're about four or five when they start school, and they're, like, waddling or something. And because he had gotten the cold, he had gotten the flu, he ended up in the hospital. And right. it's just by God's grace that they found elevated levels of protein in his blood, and then that's what started triggered the whole thing. So at a year old, we found out that he was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, so we were able to start, like, the treatment in terms of, like, therapies that he needed, um, physiotherapy, um, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um. And just monitor his journey along the way. But that same day that they gave us the diagnosis, they're just like, well, he has... Most kids, um, by age 10, they'll be in a wheelchair. And by age 18, they'll die. And so, at a year old, I was told by 18, he would die. And I left that room... Like, my mom was hysterical. And I left that room like, why are you upset? Like... God's the one who gave him to me. Right. If He chooses to take him away, at whatever age that is, and that's just what it is, because there was no cure for it. And so we just—I just looked at life differently. I seen they—they they said that the only thing they had was a steroid to slow down the progression of the disability, but the steroid came with a whole bunch of side effects, and I wasn't comfortable with those side effects. I wasn't comfortable with putting him through that potentially, like stunt and, stunt of growth, weight gain, and all these things. And I'm like, I don't want that for him. And so. We chose to just live life as life was, make it the best for him, and whatever happens, happens.
0: <clears throat> Damn. Um, that, I mean, that, that that part of it kind of touched me as well, because I know we, we had spoken on the phone before I read the book. Mm-hmm. So the whole time as I'm reading the book, I'm, my mind is like racing to that moment. Mm-hmm. Not like racing to it, cause, but it, it it's just like, that's probably the hardest part for me to read was like things happen for people you care about and you don't don't no, you don't know why yeah and there's nothing you can do yeah um, and I was also thinking like maybe that 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 where comes your greatest strength um mm-hmm. is, is that how important you think this book would have been um if he was still around like would that have do you think like something like him passing away did that like spark things like I need to get this story out there or it was going to come out Um, the
1: story had i had already started the writing the story from when i was like 21 so before he passed four years before he passed um it definitely impacts the story a great deal now that he's passed away um but even if he was still here it would still be an incredible story of how we're just journeying through this and how we're getting through all these obstacles in life um one of the greatest things that i say is my son saved my life um at 16 he was the only thing that made me want to keep living. Because at the time, I felt like a zombie. I felt like, what did it matter if I lived or died? Who cared? You know? And so, but when he was born, it turned into, I have to live for him. So even when I thought of suicide, I'm like, okay, but am I going to leave my body for him to find it? That's not okay. Okay. I'm, who's gonna take care of him if I'm not here? Like, so in every step of the way, he was my reason to to live and to keep going. So. To keep going. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <clears throat> does he still? And I'm sure he does. Like a lot of it, like still, he still. You carry him everywhere you go. Like, as you cover of your book, I see a picture of him. Uh huh. Um, and it it. Do you still feel emotional when you talk about him, or are you in a place now where you? I mean, you've you've. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he was he was uh, full of life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, do you? Is it hard to talk about him?
1: No, not at all. There's times when it does get more emotional for me when I super like when I really just miss it, miss his laughs right. and his hugs. I, dude, I miss his hugs so much. Uh, I don't think I realize how much I enjoy hugs until I don't get them as much. Right. Um, but no, for me. His life is everything. So, and he was so full of life, so full of joy, that when I talk about him, I smile. It's all I can do but yeah. smile and just like thinking of all the things that he did or all the things that he said. And so, yeah, it's a joy. It's an honor actually for me to talk about him.
0: Uh, any anything um, that you want us to know, like outside of what I just actually like, is there anything portraying to him that like a message that you want to. to convey to us
1: or um not particularly but one of the most incredible things when we're in the hospital uh he was getting needles every day and he would always say I'm good no matter what. No matter what happened it always say I'm good. And so one day I asked him like Are you ever in pain? Like why do you always say you're good? And he said to me the reason he doesn't say anything else is because he doesn't want me to be upset. And for me, looking at that, I'm like, well, this this seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid is sitting here protecting oh, me yeah. from his own pain. So it doesn't matter how hurt he was, he didn't want me to cry. So he'd always say, I'm good. I'm good. And so I look at that in life, like every day, no matter how bad it gets, I always say I'm good. Um, because it could always be a lot worse. I understand that. Um, even in the thick of it, I'm like, it will always get better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no matter what, that that's one of the most powerful things I took from him is to always just say I'm good.
0: Yeah, good. Okay, well <laughs> I mean, sorry, I don't mean to rush it <laughs> off.
1: <No, laughs> we it's can cool. we can
0: kinda digress. I mean, like I'm saying, like I appreciate you sharing that part of the story. Um incredible book. And if you're listening, please we'll make sure we tag everybody. do you have you have Instagram, no?
1: I have Instagram okay, so and we'll, a we'll,
0: page. We'll 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 deal with that um a little bit in a little bit when we're about to flip but I have a couple more questions that intrigue me. As I'm going in, I was like I wanted to ask her, like, out of all these intercourses, or how often were you using protection? Like, did you a lot of times? Or?
1: Nope, nope, not a lot. Whenever um, the guy had it, I guess. Um, I have a line in there where I said I used to pop Plan B like M and Ms. Um, not that I'm proud of that, but. Uh, were you
0: only like? Were you only scared of getting pregnant, or about like? Yes STIs No You weren't aware of
1: that No If you read the book I had STIs a few times um, I was a treatable kind So because I could cheat it Maybe I took it for advantage um, But I was only worried About getting pregnant That was the only thing That was on my mind
0: Because I think Also when you were pregnant You also had chlamydia
1: I did Yeah While you were pregnant Yeah And I didn't know Where it came from um, It could have come from The gang rapes Because I never got checked out Even though I was at the hospital But once the nurse Asked me if there was a condom And I lied and said yes or what She let me go She never checked me out so, the chlamydia could have come from anywhere.
0: How, when did, how, um, from when you got raped to when you got pregnant, how how long after was that?
1: Uh, two years.
0: Oh, does it take that long for for you to show signs for chlamydia?
1: No, but cl- chlamydia can go undetected. So,
0: oh, okay. yeah. It, you could uh, have had it and just not.
1: Just not known, yeah. Shit. And it's only because I was pregnant that I did know.
0: Okay, that is... I mean, your 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 story nonetheless, uh one of the most definitely in 20 what are we 2018 is <laughs> definitely one of the most uh, captivating for me that like made me stop and pay attention to something uh real quick. like I'm saying. I was definitely looking forward to to speaking to you and I hope that um we did you justice.
1: Yeah, I've been so excited to come here and talk <laughs> um and I told you, you could ask me anything. Be honest yeah, yeah, I mean, we it. didn't know.
0: So. No, anyways, anything that I could have uh, thought of, I did ask. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the kind of the last thing. Any and also, I didn't finish the book, so um, I also didn't want to come up here and like finish the book all the way and then like <laughs> give people play by play because I want people to actually go out there and um,
1: yeah and
0: support and actually get a copy. Um,
1: Much appreciated.
0: And all that good stuff. Where can somebody? Buy this book.
1: Um, they can get it on Amazon. Okay. Currently, uh, c o l a. That's the acronym, Cola. Um, mm-hmm. they can also get it off my website, livingcola.com
0: Okay, and your Instagram handle, if mine wants to.
1: Living Cola.
0: Living Cola is the Instagram. Yeah. Um. Any last message for us that you would like to
1: end on? Anything. Um. Just to keep pushing. There's... I don't want to... It's a cliche to say there's always something worse. Sometimes I... Very... Most of the times I hated that phrase. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I get it. There's someone worse off than me but I'm going through it right now and it sucks. So, I would always say to keep pushing. Write it out. Speak it out. Sing it out. Use music to heal but keep searching for healing. Keep... Pushing towards healing because it's so important and it unlocks so many other things. Right. Um, I think I'm right in the thick of my healing right now and I'm enjoying every single minute of it. So, yeah, I always keep pushing for something greater.
0: All right. Thank you. very And you also, uh, we posted work on another project that you, uh, the podcast. Yeah. But I don't know if I like the part that you gave me about the guy that's... <laughs>
1: I told
0: no, you shit. could pick. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean honestly, it it's, it it would definitely be my pleasure to to um to do it. Like I'm saying, like I really, I'm getting me a copy of the book, and I'm i I'm not resting till I finish <laughs> uh, the whole book. So shout out, thank you for you for coming through no and um, blessing my podcast and Always. speaking to us, and hopefully maybe you can even come back.
1: I'd love to come back. Honestly, be an
0: honor. Thank you. Any anything else? Did we forget? Did we forget anything? Um, I offered you tea You don't want it But that's fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> We ain't forgetting that We good
0: Alright but For everybody tuning in Thanks again for tuning in This is The Activated Podcast And you've officially Been activated Peace